We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Jack Ramsey's Mailbag Pod. Not a pre, it's not a post game show. It's Danny Morang. It's Brandon Sprague. Uh, we got a ton of questions to get through. Uh, Blazers currently on a six game road trip where they've won uh, two games. They've doubled. Hey. They have doubled their wins on the season <laughs> on the road in the span of a week. Brandon Sprague. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna be a bit of a weird one. Miami up on the docket. If we're recording this Tuesday night, this will go out Tuesday night, probably that or Wednesday morning. Uh, as of right now, the Miami Heat will not have Kyle Lowry which I'm kind of bummed about because I wanted to see Lowry against Ant to see how that stood up. But yeah. that appears to be the case. And for the Blazers, uh, Norman Powell will continue to be out as well as Larry Nance Jr. and Cody Zeller. So. Well, I, w- I would add uh, a bummer to not have Lowry. Not going to matter if Butler and Bam are back. This, yeah, this... Butler, Bam, Harrell, Robinson. Yeah. Stru- it was Struce last time they beat the brakes off them. So Yeah, Struce did some <laughs> shots. Uh, we do have a ton of questions, so let's get into it. And real quick, have a little bit of fun. Uh, Nick Elliott, my former uh, tech, no, executive producer uh, on Blazers Outsiders, decided to get in on the fun. In honor of Chandler Parsons, which Blazer got the biggest bag and contributed the least? I mean, it's got to be Alan Crabb. But he only got paid for a year. But he collected the bag. He did. Andrew Nicholson uh, has made a lot of money and not played once. How much did he make? Eight? I want to Six. say his buyout was significantly more than that. You know what? Let's let me go ahead and Google this one because this was. I hate to put you head. on the spot on no, that. No, no. I, just... I, I actually, I actually want to. I can't remember how much he was bought out for. Uh, there is da, da, a number, da, da. Danny. That if if you get past a certain number, I'll agree with you. If you don't, I'm still saying, oh crap. Yeah. Let's see. What? What? How much? Nicholas Nicholson is still owed nineteen point nine million dollars when he was bought out. They they I, paid twenty million dollars for him to go away. To, it's Andrew Nicholson. It's not even a contest. Because it. Oh my God! Like that's. I knew. I, 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 I couldn't remember if it was sixteen or eighteen, but it was actually more than that. I was like, I remember it being a lot. Can we get Neil on the line and be like, Neil, did you really think that was smart? This was a better idea than paying Alan Crabb, which became the Brooklyn Nets problem. They had to take care of that. Um, 
but yeah. Well, the Brooklyn Nets made it our problem, then we made it their problem. Like, yeah, everybody forward. had awful problems with both yeah. those contracts. Yeah, but uh, shout out Nick for to get that one going. It, it's uh, pretty pretty safe to say it's it's Andrew Nicholson. Can you think of any others like the '90s, maybe the early 2000s? No, the contracts weren't big enough then. The contracts have just gotten so bloated over the last decade that. Yeah. Like yeah. it's funny. Like you go look at like an MLE now. Like a full MLE that's like more than anybody made in the '90s a year. Bro, it's, it's more just, than Pippen made. Yeah, it's nuts. Like the the, the way it's explored. Like we had NBA salary caps at like thirty six million. You've got guys who are making more than that a season right now. It's just Damian Lillard might might make fifty one million dollars in the season. Oh, somebody's gonna pay him that. It's just whether oh. or not it's Portland. It's gonna be interesting. It's Portland. Next question. All right. Perfect. Perfect segue. Mike Dennis <laughs> at Banker Mike seven four seven. Why is it taking so long for Cronin to make decisions? What is his plan? Let's say you. I think you read that in the perfect voice. You like that? I can hear, I can hear Mike asking the question in mm-hmm. that tone. Um, it's simple. It is, it's kind of what we've been talking about in the pre, the post, and the live shows. It's, it's a domino effect. Mm-hmm. Don't think of this as in it's time sensitive. Think of it in as scheduling your next three moves. You know, if you're playing chess... And I fancy myself a decent little chess player here, Danny. Are you a chessman? I'm, I'm, you know, Queen's Gambit was right up my alley. <sighs> if you play chess, you're not just moving the pawn. You're moving the pawn with the idea of what you're going to do with the knight. So it's like you've got to allow Joe Cronin a little more time than like three weeks to set up the next three or four moves that might also set up the next three to four moves. Patience. It's patience, my friend. Trust this process. And you shall be rewarded soon. So I kind of blacked out there when you said you were, you were a strong chessman, and I like my, my, I immediately went to like, are you like a uh, pawn six to knight seven type chessman, or are you just like, I understand the basic moves. I don't know f sevens <laughs> and six sevens, but I'll tell you right now, I can play chess. Okay. Do I know where all the f's in the? No. Do I play with the clock? I don't. I'm not old enough to be in a park yet. But okay. I'm decent at chess. You know who's a, who's a really good chess player that should not surprise you? A very famous athlete. Rajon Rondo. Uh, maybe, but Aaron Rodgers. Beat the brakes off me in chess when we were kids. I mean, Aaron Rodgers participates in Jeopardy. Those are things I cannot do. Yeah, he's he's a smart man. Uh, but why is it taking so long? The idea of so long, right? We've, we've only been able to like execute a vision or, or trades uh, for a month. Yeah, a whole month, and the rest of the league, because of the play-in, because of COVID, that's kind of slowed everything down. If, if COVID anything, slowed it down a lot. Yeah, if anything was going to happen, everybody's going like, all right, let's 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 get everybody back, let's get everybody healthy. Like Norm's still recovering. He went from being in health and safety protocols to uh, basically like rest and recuperation the other night. Now he's on personal reasons, so we don't know what the, what's going on with that. But that's kind of been a league-wide trend, right? So if we get into February and a move hasn't been made yet, I'll be a little surprised. I won't be flabbergasted or floored or anything like that. I'll be surprised because I've, I've heard a lot of talk. And, and part of this, maybe I'm just reading the situation wrong because with Neil gone, it's no longer a vice grip on all communication in and out of Portland. Right, right. In the past, you would not hear that Covington and C.J. McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic, possibly Norman Powell, none of that discussion would ever go public. Now you're hearing like that's what you're that's what you're getting. It's going public, behind the scenes. There's more than that, and so there's a lot more information flow from other executives, other teams, agents, players, right. that kind of thing. And so for me, maybe it's just, I just need to get to an adjustment level of like 
no, maybe this is just like how they operate. It's, we just don't know with, with Cronin and his staff and, and how they're going to do things. They're clearly not uh, iron fisting it, you know, the entire time, but uh, maybe they're just kind of putting stuff out there, see what bounces, see what sticks. Well, I think the other part of this too is you brought this up before. It's like, what if you're making a move to then use that to make a move, mm -hmm. right? It's just what I talked about with chess. It does take three to tango, right? If you are having yeah. this idea, if you're bringing an X role player to go get Y star or mm -hmm. good player, you kind of, you need to know on both fronts. Like I'm literally going through this right now. I'm buying a house while I'm trying to sell a house. And everything's got to be threaded through that same couple of needles at it, the same time. It all time. has to, yeah, it all has to flow in one. And you're like, well, inspection tomorrow here, sewer scope there, roof evaluation here. Always get the sewer scope. It's expensive, but always get it. Let's not talk about sewer scopes. That's been my day, and I don't want to talk about what we discovered, nor do I want to discuss. Oh, no. Please don't tell me there's terracotta pipes. Oh, it's – I don't I don't want to talk about it. Um, it's not great. The point is, it's what you've mentioned before. I think you're just waiting. He's not going to go – Joe Cronin's not going to go trade for Jackson Hayes, mm -hmm. just for an example. If Jackson Hayes is not in the next deal, because I just don't – I don't find that they're going to – look at Jackson Hayes that way. Like if they're going to find a role player to flip, they got to make sure that team is going to abide by that mm -hmm. before they commit to that first trade. I really want to put this in like the, the like the, the terms of like Indiana Jones, like trying yeah. to solve a temple puzzle. Yeah. All, all the levers are here, 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 and here, and they're moving, but you can only get across when they all right, right, line right. up. And that's what you're waiting for. Like, yeah, things are good for you and one other team. So you're like, oh, okay, we're good. But there's still one up here. And you're like, nope, can't get through. So everything's got to make sense for everybody at the same time. Yeah. And that's, I think, what's maybe preventing some transactions. Maybe not all. Maybe none. Mm. Mm. Intrigue. Okay. Jason, a.k.a. Blazer fan, at Hecubus01. We know Roko, Nurk, CJ, to a lesser extent, Norman Larry can be the big trade ships. But which of the veteran minimum guys are likely to get thrown into a deal or remain to the end of the season? Um, I mean, I'd, I'd imagine you're keeping DSJ. He's not going anywhere. Um, With Dame down, I think he's probably the least likely to get traded just because they want some guard insurance. Well, that's that's what I'm saying yeah. is I don't think you're getting rid of DSJ. Mm -hmm. McLemore, I would kind of say yes to, but I don't think it's outlandish if a team is interested in McLemore for – I don't know, something cheap. Like, it just it wouldn't shock me. But I would expect Macklemore and DSJ to be here. So when it's all said and done, I would expect that actually Macklemore and Zeller are the ones out. And that's because what do playoff teams like? They like shooting. That's That was my hesitancy on Macklemore. Like he could actually provide something for it. And they like players they can trust. Can you trust Cody Zeller? No. You don't think so? And he's think, not even playing. I, I think. I think when he's healthy, I think you can trust <laughs> oh, him. But he's healthy. Yeah. I mean, that's a big part of trust, though. Sure. Right? Like, but like, if if you're trading for him and he's or you're trading, you're you're taking a bigger deal. Sure. And you need something to make the salary work. Like, if you're chasing the playoffs, and that's fine. In that sense, have, then okay. Having a seven footer who, like, if he's right. healthy, like you, like if you're putting Cody Zeller on the floor and he's healthy, do you trust him to do what he's supposed to yes. do? Yes. Yeah. I think I think he can play eight minutes and give you something. Hey, like if if you're if your big man gets in foul trouble, you're not like oh shit we can't play cody uh right. go small go small like no it's like hey cody come on down here you gotta do the yeah. phil jackson you know fingers you know in the you know pinkies in the corners of your lift have you been able to whistle like that no the, i've always wanted to though. can you, you do it a little bit 
That's all I got. My dad can do it real well, but he can do it like with his tongue pressed against his teeth. Yeah, that's what I do. And he like purses his lips like. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. Yeah, no, it's. I never, I never got the whole like, you know, you're, you're, you're like bass hooking yourself there. There's, there's a, there's a lot going on. All I can do is regular whistle. Yeah, there you go. Well, at least you got that. I know some people get very mad when you whistle because they can't whistle, and it's, that's a weird, weird, weird. weird I can only whistle and snap my tongue. I don't even want to go to that second one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll show you real quick. Oh yeah, that. Okay, I, I was thinking it was a lot weirder. No, I okay. mean, it's not. It's not a sex thing. Uh, listen, man, I, I, this is a, a no a no shame zone. We, we, we oh, don't take shame I, here. Yeah, I mean, if I would, could do that in the bedroom, I would do it. But like, I'm just telling you, it's not. You know, it's just not not how it works. <laughs> okay, uh, Ian Fowler at Ian underscore Fowler forty two. Looking through cleaning the glass, I'm curious why Jeremy Grant is on any team's list of trade candidates. He doesn't appear to be any better than a good bench player. Makes twenty million per. Is going to want a new hundred million ish extension. Walk us through it, please. Thanks. Hmm. Okay, so let me pull up cleaning the glass real quick on Jeremy Grant, just so I can have it nice and handy while we do I this. thought that was an interesting opinion or takeaway. Like, I, Not to say, you know, it's subjective, but like, I just thought it was interesting when I, I read that one earlier. So Jeremy Grant has been, uh, in Detroit, a much higher usage guy, but his points per shot attempt hasn't been all that great, but his assist percentage as a, as a big or forward big, uh, has been supremely high while well, he takes pretty damn good care of the ball. Uh, and that's on the offensive overview. And if you look at his shooting overview, uh, since he left Detroit, or excuse me, since he left Denver, he's kind of fallen off a cliff. And you know why? Because he's being elevated up the pecking order. And he's kind of needs to be. He needs to be down in the 3-4 yeah. level and not the 1-2 level. He's not, he's not a dame. So if you came to Portland, he's not going to be asked to be dame. If he's playing in Denver alongside Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, man's got space. He's walking into a lot of shots. Comes I mean, to Portland. He had, he, yeah. I was going to say, he had a lot of guys in Denver, too. He had MPJ there at the end, mm -hmm. Jokic, Murray, there Harris before he got traded. A lot traded. of dudes there. Millsap was yeah. getting shots. Like, that team was kind of loaded with, with uh, guys getting shots. Yeah, I mean, you look at this time between 1819 and where he split between OKC and Denver, he yeah. shot basically 40% from three on decent volume. Uh, he's also a very good free throw shooter over these last couple of years, which is kind of indicative of a guy who's kind of figured it out. Um, but what, where you want to change it to take a look at things is his frequencies. So he's gone down at rim frequency from a career high of 61% in Philadelphia and really kind of like a 50% rim frequency guy uh, with, with OKC to pretty much all threes and mid-range. Let me throw this at you. Dame, Norm, Jeremy Grant. How you feeling about those three in a lineup? Makes sense. And that's the thing I was going to get to with all this, is to say, if you've got people in the roles that make sense, all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay. And people wondering, why would Jeremy Grant cost $25 plus million? Well, he's six eight six nine, and he can play at the point of attack. And he can play within a team scheme. He's a switchable, strong defender who can take on most wings. And there you go. Because mm -hmm. there's only so many. Of, there's like 15 of those guys in the league who are like viable, no BS starters. Who are two-way players. Yeah. Now, he may be at the bottom end of that. But Portland currently has how many, Brandon? 
Uh, hmm. Hmm. I don't know, Danny. What would that answer be? It would be a giant yeet. Zero. I thought it was going to be seven. Oh, right, right, right. right. I, I mean, I dream for it to be seven. But yeah, that's part of why it makes it so expensive. Those yeah. are the that is the premium position in the NBA. Apex wings, the ability to cover apex wings, and Jeremy Grant does present that. Does he have? I don't want to say he has warts in the sense of like is he's not like he's got like a, a bunch of shortcomings. He's just not as good as the top end guys. He he tops out before you get to a certain level. Yes, but I is he what, good? That's what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Do yes. I want to pay him twenty six million? I fight back on that a but, little bit, but, but they're paying $35 million to C.J. McCollum. Well, I was going to say thirty-five to C.J., but Danny, I mean, this is also the thing we're kind of stuck with, the hand that Portland's been dealt. You're yes. in Portland. You don't, beggars don't get to be choosers. No. You, you're not yeah. getting LeBron, but what you can do is you can get a little bit better, then a little bit better, then a little bit better, and then hey. hopefully yeah, you can make a move at the right time to make something come together. I know it's maybe not the greatest example today because I just watched them lose to the Lakers. You're a big believer in Utah, right? Yeah. I think your I think your goal, your optimal goal, your vision, your Utah. Now, does that mean you fail out of the playoffs every year? No. Maybe Dame is going to be good enough to get you through a series. Maybe it's tough to win, but to be like the one, two, or three seed in the West. The four seed, you would take that yeah. every single time. If you're, you're in poor. no bullshit top three seed in a conference, yes. no matter how outside a shot that you have, right? the Phoenix Suns did not have a shot going into last year. Then they did. Right. Like, if if things hit, if you've got enough talent, and that's the thing is I, I, I see, when we talked about this in the post game the day, Brandon, the idea of Portland like stacking up talent versus – People getting mad, like, well, Miles Turner isn't, you know, Nikola Jokic. He's not Joel Embiid, so I'm not interested. Is he better than what you have? Right. Yes. Yes. Is Jeremy Grant better than the wing option you have right now? Yes. Does his production ratio to salary ratio make more sense? Yes. I'm not saying Jeremy Grant's the best player ever or the best fit ever or wouldn't have, like, not necessarily square peg round holes, but it's not like, not like this perfect fit, but is it better? I think it's a good fit. I you know I don't know about the square peg round hole thing, but like I think it's a good fit. He's an athletic wing next to Dame. Yes, like if if Dame had a Jeremy Grant or a player of that caliber instead of Al Aminu getting those shots against how many teams in the mm-hmm. playoffs? Do New they look Orleans? better? Yes, because in those series, that New Orleans series, Dame created. All these open looks, and I think their percentage shooting was 28% on those looks. When was the last time the Portland Trailblazers had a guy who could play the three or the four consistently that ticked all the boxes of, has size and athleticism, can dribble, pass, and shoot, and defend? I mean, you could debate it to a certain degree, but like Nick? It's Nick. That, that, it's is, the, Nick, that, right? that is the answer. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. He's been gone for seven years. That's a long time. <laughs> but let's run it back again. With I, like, you know, it's everybody again. Talent always matters. Dame and Lamarcus were the high end talent, but having dudes like Wes and Nick, the Blazers haven't done a good job replacing those guys. Right. And Jeremy Grant is a, is a good way to like. Supercharged Nick Batum, like Nick has his has his warts. I just watched him drop thirty two points in the second half of a game the other night. Like he's clearly got talent. Grant is a guy who can put the ball on the floor and take over a game. He, he a twenty point per game score. Like he's he's got flaws, but he's better than what Portland has, and that is that is what you're selling. And you're doing the same thing for Miles Turner. I was just like, well, our rebounding wouldn't be good. Go look at the the contrast between teams that rebound well and teams that win. There's some correlation, mm-hmm. but if you also look at those teams, it's not just their bigs that are rebounding. It's the whole bleeping team, right? Because they're big as hell up and down. Like uh, Milwaukee, great rebounding team. Why is Brook Lopez a great rebounder? No, never has been. But you've got six foot eight Chris Middleton, seven foot Giannis, six foot ten Bobby Portis, six foot five Drew Hollett. Like you're yeah. big as you're hell big. everywhere. Right. right. The Blazers add Jeremy Grant and Miles Turner. All of a sudden, they're big as hell. <laughs> like I don't. <sighs> but I think I. But no, I think what you're saying is a hundred percent accurate. Like I'm sitting here just going, yeah, yeah. But there's clearly people that don't feel this way or it, maybe even think it doesn't about need the, to be a straight line stuff yes i, I know that's but it people want straight lines but there's 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 impact by players on teams that goes beyond what your three-point percentages and mm-hmm. how many points a game you're getting right like it's hard a guy that's very polarizing is draymond because it's hard to quantify everything he does for that team he would 
if he, if they got him in Portland, I would, I would shit a brick. <laughs> okay, but like, do you see my point though? Yeah, like, no, no. And yeah, no. He's right he's now. he's averaging like nine six and six or something like that. And those but, aren't like, oh my god, oh, it's out, amazing. But, but he's de- he's the defensive player of the year right now, and honestly, should be garnering MVP votes. Like that's. Again, that, that that's well, true. If they're not going to win without him. Then that, that's that's what yeah, I, that's exactly what I'm saying. Unfair. Like he's he's been that like the the games he's been out for the Warriors, they have looked like a dumpster fire. But that's a perfect example. Is just like does Draymond have like this in, incredible shooting gravity and can knock down shots left and right? No, he's awful. No, at it, in fact, he's always open. But he because he's always open. Yep, he has elevated himself into the best short roll playmaker of the last 25 years, he maybe ever. Alive. Yes, he will eat you alive. He'll either draw a screen up with Steph or he's going to penetrate, kick, and find an open dude. Like, he's just becoming that kind of player. And I think we need to we need to stop going for the, what you say, the line. Yeah. You got to just be open-minded to roster construction and what this looks like. We we are so accustomed to two, six, three dudes in the starting lineup. Six, one, that it's six, like two. we're Well, we're questioning Jeremy Grant, and I, I guess I get it because of the price tag, but if you're talking about actual basketball stuff, it's a no-brainer. I brainer. think that's a good fit. It's a yeah. no-brainer. Like, is is he LeBron James? Is he Giannis? No. Is he better than everything you've had for seven years? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And even then, he's probably better than than Nick was. So, like, I don't I don't, I don't know what we're doing here. Um, Steve Stevenson at Steve St and a whole lot of numbers says not sold on Miles Turner. The few times I've watched him, most of his blocks come from getting beat by his own man and then coming with the chase down block. Not impactful, just like Caitlin Cooper has said. I will say this before I get into it. I have talked to Caitlin at length about Miles Turner. Mm-hmm. I do not worry about Miles Turner's rim protection ability. Mm-hmm. I worry about some of maybe some of the pouting that he has done. I worry about the fact that he is um, sitting underneath the stanchion away from his team last night uh, and not on the bench. Uh, I worry about his mental status as far as like, is he a little bit of uh, Denver Nurk? of like wanting some more shine because he's in the shadow of a, a more prominent big. Like I see a lot of parallels with, with, with miles that I did with young Nurk. Dame made it work with Nurk. Could he make it work with miles? I think so. But again, you're, when you're talking about fit and talent, miles has a truckload of talent. He's arguably the best shot blocker in the NBA. He's a very, 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 very good rim protector. And when he gives a damn and when he's engaged, which nobody is on this Pacers team right now, he is incredibly impactful to the point of like getting defensive player of the year consideration. What has been his problem is inconsistencies and injuries. Sound familiar? <laughs> okay, so first of all, let's make it clear. If if they get Miles Turner, I'm gonna be happy about that. It's a good it's it's a good risky a very- move. It's a very, well, yeah, but for Portland, it's a very good move. This is part of the reason I, I have leaned Sabonis is what you're talking about right now. It's the, is he going to stay uh, healthier than Nurk? Is he going to have pouting episodes mm-hmm. or like if he's promised X and Y with whatever. And we've seen how that works out. That backfired big time till recently when he's getting those touches, but like, those are things I do worry about mm-hmm. with Miles Turner. Whereas I know Sabonis has been a little banged up in the, in his short career, but I know what I'm getting with him. And I also think I'm getting more. Well, not more. I think I'm getting buy-in to the point where I'm not ever concerned with Sabonis. He's a gamer. Portland. 
Well, but I'm saying if it works out, cool. But if it stops working out and it gets to the point where he needs to be moved down the road, I'm not worried about his attitude. Like, I think he knows what the business is because he grew up around it. And I think he would he would cherish coming back to the Pacific Northwest to be able to rock that number and run through that tunnel. Some of that is sappy crap. I get it. But I think it does mean something. It means some of that stuff means something. I mean, he showed up. He showed up in Portland with those custom uh, uh, dad shoes. Yeah, yeah, the shoe, literally dad shoes. That's a great way to call it. Well, um, you know what I mean. Yeah, no. Like, they, for those who didn't see him, I'll see if I can put it in the link or something like that. But he had some customs done, I believe, by a Portland artist. Uh, they were they, they they were Air Force Ones, weren't they? Air, I, yeah, I, yeah. I want to say they were, they were Air Force Ones, but they had a Lithuanian flag stripe on it, and then a, a mural of of his dad, Arvidas, on them, and they were dope as hell. Like fire. I, I, I saw, so Casey Absolute took a picture fire. and was like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, yep, mm-hmm. those are clean. I want a pair now. <laughs> yeah. But like, you uh, he know, gets that, that part of it. That, that, yes, he does. He gets that part of it. And, you know, the fit is as great as Miles Turner. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that it is, but he's still an awfully good player who's he's a still very good awfully player. young. And I think could learn a lot from a guy like Dame as a big with Dame. And here's the thing he would sell tickets. Oh, absolutely. I would want to. I'd be like, I'm skipping tonight's podcast. I'm going to this game. I'm going to go watch Baby Savas. <laughs> Yes. Like people like just on that alone, they're, they're, I'm going to do a, a tangent that would get me fired on a radio show. Um, hot. That's boy, that's a hot take. No, I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to talk soccer. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. You like that? Hey, you didn't know where I was going with that one. Um, I'm a huge Everton fan and they are in a relegation battle right now. Like they are, they are, they are in it. They have gone through managers like crazy. Their choice right now is basically go one way and go hire another manager you're going to lose your shit through, or you go for the passion play and you hire a guy who's a was a guy for your franchise. Yeah. World-class Duncan Ferguson, you know, the dude. He he, he takes, like, inspirational videos. Um, there was a kid who uh, had a disability and did a painting for him, and Duncan did a selfie video, you know, where it was like, that's great, lad. He's, he's Scottish, and he just like yeah. gassed him up the entire time. Like, he, he's the kind of guy that you just run through a wall through. Maybe yeah. not the best coach, but it doesn't matter. Right? He's like, it's it's all about passion and buy-in. I think if you had Baby Sabas on this team, there is a large contingent of people who, through COVID, through the stupid Neil stuff, through Chauncey, whether you agree or disagree, all of the crap that the franchise basically drug fans through for the last six months. I think there would be like a, all right, you got me back. Like, hey, you son of a bitch, you brought me back. I think there's a really strong element in that that is not to be undersold if the Blazers went that way. And I have heard that they have kicked those rocks as far as like what that cost would be. But I don't think the Pacers are going to let Baby Savas go cheap. And that's where I kind of go, hmm, don't think that one's happening. Well, and I I think that's important here because, you know, you don't want to get your hopes up. But like what you're saying, I I don't always buy into the – Hey, we made the playoffs for eight straight years. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but if you're getting bounced in four or five, doesn't years, matter. It's a very empty playoff mm-hmm. appearance, right? Like, that's just being honest about that. What I do buy into with this city, having lived here my whole life and seen Blazer fan, the the, the person does matter. It it, mm-hmm. it it's, you know, I think it's a good and bad thing about the the city from time to time. Um, you would be really selling the person. To this because you're also by the way it's a mea culpa from the team it's a way of saying hey we're going out on a risk and we're we're giving up some real valuable assets for a young player that we believe still has 
plenty of room to grow and maybe grow extraordinarily well along Dame. And as part of the Mia Culpa, this is one of your favorite players of all time. This is kid. He was born in this He's city. He's a Gonzaga guy. He was He's born a here. Like, guy. like th- there's something to that, I think, for the fan base that would go mm-hmm. a long way. Because, look, let's just call a spade a spade. This team can redeem itself in the next summer. But right now, this team is in a real shit spot. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of, I, I think, perspective and and kind of respect to a certain degree for a lot of sports yeah. fan, man. It's, it's been a really ugly season. And Anthony Simons can go a long way into like making that stuff matter. Nasir Little can do that. The return right. of Dame. Other moves around the side can really, like, you can sell it for a little bit. But they do need a substantial move to, like, really, I think, sell people on something. And I, and I I think Miles Turner is a very significant move. I, I think Jeremy Grant is a very significant move. I don't think those are, like, cheap guys that are just... I don't think that they're fundamentally altering your your status as far as, like, you're going from also ran to title contender. But I think you're elevating from that four to seven seed when things are going right to, like, the three to five, like... And that's important. That's, that is that's the a most real important thing. Step. That's a huge step because yeah. you're you don't have a conceivable move that we know about at least right now that's going to take you from where you're at in the gutter to a top two legitimate. People say, "Hey, Portland is is eight to one preseason." What are we thinking? There is no move. Late nineties Blazers when we were kids, when we were 12, 13, 16, 17 years old, we looked at those teams and went, "This is a title team." We knew here, like, that's a good team. They click well. They're Every angry. single night, they were going yes. to win. like that Because they hated the other team. They had a lot of passion that they yeah. played with. And we knew it. But then the NBA realized it for two straight years against San Antonio and how close they came against the Lakers. Yeah. But but still, you, you take two years like that every single time. And getting in that three to five range, Danny, what you mentioned, that's all. Like... At the end of the day, whatever we talk about in the next three, four, five months, being honest, that's all I want. I want them to get in that 3-5 range because if they can get to that upper echelon of three and we really can see this, I don't care what the country says or doesn't say yeah. about this team. That They're going to ignore Portland no matter what. They only if they, if they clear a 50-win hurdle like they a, a, a number three team should, that's all you need. And, yeah, and that'll be enough evidence for you. Who cares what Bill Simmons or Stephen A. Smith are yeah, screaming the, about? Yeah. Like, that's an irrelevant thing. We'll know it when we see it. And that's all I'm asking is get to three to five. And that's a great, great way to put it because what changed from the 2014-15 team when we knew that was a good team, when it came back around, Neil Olshay and that organization told us they had a good team. Yes. They, they didn't show us. And they we didn't, told us. I didn't I didn't feel that way when he said that comment. But then they had that Clippers series where they stupidly get lucky. <laughs> Everybody gets Griffin, hurt. Chris Paul gets hurt. And it's like, oh, the Clippers are going to beat Portland without Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. No. Like, that. I hated nice. that brag. That season that they bragged about, I hated. Because it was a fun story just in the, whoa, where'd this come from? But in the grand scheme, it ended up being the thing that fucked this team for the next five years. One of a couple things, 2016, 2017. 20. Well, I, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm, I'm 100% with you. Like, there's like, there's so many, like, you can plant a flag and so many different, like, you just one time, if you'd gone, if you'd zigged when you should have zagged, just once. <laughs> uh, we're going to zig here a little bit. Uh, Keelan, sorry about cussing. I didn't want to curse. I'm no, sorry. You're, no, you're, you're fine. It happens. 
Um, I want to get to Keely's question here. And there's, there's a lot of really good questions in here, so I have a feeling this one's going to go a little long. So bear with us, everybody. Keely at uh, Lothrigan360, with the interim tag pretty much being removed for Joe Cronin, is Mark Eversley still possible for President of ba- uh, Basketball Ops? Why would Joe Cronin be interested in a symbolic title raise while still being number two? So we had the hiring of uh, Andre, uh, God dang it, I'm totally blanking Blazers. I have to literally Google Blazers Andre because I can never. Andre rem- Patterson. Patterson. I can Patterson. never remember that because I always want to say. A Patterson. Just remember the Patterson. I know. I For whatever reason, like I, I, I block out Ruben Patterson at all times. Even though they had Steve Patterson, like it's just like so many Pattersons in the NBA. We've, that's our third Patterson. Can the listeners, by the way, see my Zoom name or just you? No, they can see it. Okay, all right, yeah, you're good. Don't we'll throw back here. There we go. Um, but as far as the 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 plan goes, so what's kind of missing in this? I've had a few people kind of talk about this, and I, I need to get confirmation, but it. Multiple sources have told me that the Blazers have removed one of their assistant GMs and they aren't backfilling Joe's old spot, but filling somebody else that they removed. Which would be, that would mean Joe has removed two long-term Blazers employees. Which, an interim's not doing that. Typically not. What's stopping them from... Announcing he's the general, like I, I, I guess I just don't get the get secrecy to the end, part. Get to the end of the season. Why? What? Who shakes free? But if you're if you're operating, if you're operating as the general manager, and those are moves that you better be the general manager to make those decisions. Should you not? I, I listen. I get it, but maybe a big time organization with a, a real burner, you know, a, a fast riser, they they flame out. And ownership goes sideways, and the Blazers are like, because it's very weird that he is operating on this interim tag for this long. I'll I'll, I'll say that flat out. Yeah. But the flip side of this is he is doing things and operating in a sense that an interim GM typically does not. Um, Removing uh, personnel that have been part of a team for 20-plus years, uh, hiring a new assistant GM, like those aren't things that guys that aren't going to be your long term do. Yeah, uh, it's I, I find that a, a little bit interesting. Uh, what's really funny about this is obviously Joe Cronin and Chauncey Billups played against each other in, in uh, high school. Uh, Andre Patterson and Chauncey Billups played against each other in college, and Chauncey beat him. So apparently, they just keep hiring people that Chauncey beat uh, at various levels of, of basketball. I think when you were at one point a top 12 point guard in the NBA, there's a lot of people that exist that you beat. But it is a little <laughs> bit weird. Like, you know, one guy in high school and the way. other one in yeah. college, like, you know, against Colorado. Um, but yeah. Who does he hire that played in the league that he beat in the playoffs at some point? Ooh. I would I would say Tayshawn, but obviously Tayshawn was his teammate. So Yeah, they never played in the playoffs. <sighs> no. That'd be a fun one, a, good, a little deep dive. But as far as, like, is it still possible? Yes. I know people within the organization that would very much like to see that happen. I know people around the NBA who still think that that is something of an option. But it's hard to understand or, or realize what the Blazers want to do at this point with it, when it comes to money. Because the, the Bulls are not letting Eversley go straight ahead for nothing uh, unless they really like him and AK's like, 
and I should I shouldn't just say AK. I should say Arturos Carsonovas, um, the Bulls GM, is like saying he typically if it's a lateral job they they want compensation. If it's an elevation, they'll usually let you go, and there's something slid in there. And this would be an elevation to a, a GM spot. So um, well, we have no evidence they want to spend on that position. Yes, and that's where it's going to go to. Nor would it make sense, in my opinion, to leave a city like Chicago and that who's doing very well right now. And getting the city back into being Bulls fans because mm-hmm. the, the, the Cubs suck, the White Sox are choke artists, the Bears are absolute dog crap, and the Blackhawks are an embarrassment. When the Bulls the are good, they can run that city. Absolutely. They had like their the, heyday. Yeah. Like, remember, the, the, the Jordan Bulls ran not their city, just the world. <laughs> I just like, don't understand why you'd want to leave Chicago. You know what I mean? Because I don't think Portland's paying that. So No, and let's be honest, you're, 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 feeling, you're not resetting a team. Right, like it's right. It, the pressure's there day one. Yeah. Um, uh, there's another question here from from Steve Stevenson uh, that I wanted to get to too. That I think was, is is interesting as far as like looking at trade scenarios. He says, "Is there any way Portland can move CJ to the Pelicans with Jonas Valanciunas coming back? And wouldn't that be an upgrade over Nurk or Turner? Valanciunas may be the most underrated big man in the entire league. I have loved him for years. Uh, I have had a lot of discussions with uh, folks around the league about him and why he has not been paid. <laughs> um." What's I, the intel usually say? I can't say that <laughs> without pissing some people off. Whoa. Okay. But and it has nothing to do with Jonas. Like he's he's great. Um, hmm. But is he better than or upgrade over Nurk? Yes. Yes. In every capacity, he is better. Doesn't he statistically eat Nurk when they play against each other? Nurk got him last game. Okay. For the first time. Maybe ever, yeah. but before that, it was uh, it was like Chris Paul and Dame. Yeah, like you were just like Jesus Christ, not again. Yeah. <laughs> just gonna eat him alive. Uh, the Demar Derozan matchup with CJ, you're just you just cover your eyes like, oh, it's gonna be a I bloodbath. Mean, look, I, I think Jonas is. If you cannot go the avenue of of giving Indiana what they're seeking for a Turner, or just throw out there Sabonis, it's not a bad like. Well, the center position's at least good. Yeah, like we've got that covered, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a less, you know, it's not a malcontent the way Nurkic was here. It's a dude who's looking for a new opportunity to win. Obviously, New Orleans is never going to win. Zion's going to leave in two years, but you come to Portland, you just get to play with Dame and and see what that's like. And he's played with some good players in his career, but I, I think that's a kind of a, a a sneaky good Cronin move that he can make, depending on what the asking price is for Turner and or Sabonis. So if you look at, at basically all of his usage stats and everything, and and, and Jonas is a, a legit seven footer. He's he's one of those big 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 dudes. Like pretty much up and down the the the, the chart, he does well. Uh, he's actually shooting less at the rim than ever, but a little more mid range. But if you look at his his shooting accuracy at pretty much every spot outside of the rim, his uh his rim percentage is at the lowest of his career, and as his lowest of the career is actually higher than Yusuf Nurkic's highest percentage. Mm-hmm. So um. And he's also shooting 42% from three and basically 50% from mid-range. So, <laughs> yeah. while also being uh, as good probably, or if not just a hair under use of Nurkic as far as creativity as a passer, um, but he's but he controls the ball better. All, I say all of this to say that I don't think that the Pelicans are just giving Valanciunas up, and I don't think CJ is going to be the one that they want to make that deal happen. Uh, Valanciunas is just a good player, like, yeah. but... Um, the other part of this is, is Valanciunas is 29, almost 30. Like, I think he's, I think he's 30 in like a month or two. So he's on a good career arc with Dame. Yes, 
but I think you want to maybe go just a... I want to err more towards a little bit younger, and I like your career arc comment there. Little, little nail shot. Um, I, I want to err more towards 26, 27, 28. I mean, sure. I, I would ideally like that as well. A little younger, but... a little more longer, a little longer, a little more athletic. But, but Danny, I think the other context, real quick to not interrupt you. No, but go. To, interrupt me, damn context. it. Don't think of this as a long timeline. No, no, no more than two years. That's what I'm saying is I yeah. put myself mentally in the what's this going to be in two years? What are mm-hmm. they doing in the next two seasons? And then after that, I'm going to kind of just assume things are going to play out how they play out. And you're in a much different position. So I, I, I would view Valanchunas, although I get what you're saying with the age. 30 for me is fine because I think he still has two more real productive years. Sure. And, and again, I, I'm, I'm not like I, I love Jonas. I think that would be right. a, a fun move. Like I think he would be wonderful in Portland. I think he'd be embraced like uh peak uh, Yusuf Nurkic, to be honest. Like he's just a great dude. Um and we'd have a Travis Kelsey double. No, uh, nothing. Oh, he looks exactly like him. It's terrifying. I mean he kinda does, but he also When when they both have beards. Beard. No no no. They it's 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 with with beards. They look exactly the same. It's terrifying. Um Okay, I mean I'll give you that. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. He uh he's a hell of a player. I don't think that he's gettable straight away. Dude, that is a doppelganger if he cuts his beard the right way and shaves his head. Kind of crazy, right? What well, is? Um, but this is, I, I don't want to put myself in my own trap here talking about like binary trades. Is there a world where they could maybe work something there? Yeah, I think so. I think New Orleans is pretty open for, for, for business as far as like, Trying to keep Brandon Ingram happy, trying to make Zion remotely happy if they can get him back. I think that if they're looking at something like that, they're probably looking at something a little bit more long-term alongside Zion, and you're probably going to want a floor spacing type big in that regard. But yeah, uh, I, I like where your head's at. I, I do think, CJ, if he ends up getting moved, New Orleans is a very strong landing spot for him. I have heard more smoke from there than in any single NBA franchise in all of the time that I've heard CJ's uh, trade popped up in names or tra- really? Oh yeah. That's, that's part of what I was talking about as far as things getting louder than before CJ to, to new Orleans has had more smoke on it than anything I've ever seen regarding CJ. Mm-hmm. Probably the big part of that is Neil never letting CJ go. So uh, a little bit of a chicken and the egg situation. Uh, speaking of, of one six, three guard, how about we go to another? Joel, just Joel, Mr. Yolius, if someone came in for Norm, what would you look for in exchange? What are you looking for in exchange for, for Norm Powell? Arguably, not even arguably, the most consistent trailblazer this season. Good role player in a first. Who's who's the what give me a, a role player level? Like give me a name that kind of would, would kind of fit alongside that. Well, I mean, do you make two moves with New Orleans? Who are you thinking? Josh. Hart, okay. Yeah, Josh Hart. Norm goes to New Orleans where he almost went in the offseason. I think that's a very strong uh, potential candidate. Like if the if the Pelicans didn't uh, want CJ or they wanted Norm more, there's a, the, the Pelicans have a 17 or $18 million TPE, traded player exception, which means that Norm could be traded directly into it. It would be a massive salary dump for the Trailblazers. Yeah. It would allow them to have like 
if they did things right in the off or in the over the, the deadline into the off season, they could have actual cap space, which would be bonkers. Um, not a great class to do it. So I'd say it'd be very interesting to see what they would do with cap space. Like I'd, one, they're already not appealing to most, yeah. most free agents, but, but if all of a sudden you've got more room to make a more lopsided trade mm. and you would have your own $15 million trade exception. And you get to brag about not having humidity like Miami, <laughs> Miami or new Orleans in that case. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. But then you could have it because it has to be a part. Another player can't go back in a trade a player exception. You yeah. could get two better firsts coming back for Norman Powell. I mean, if Bob Covington can go for two first. Norm, Co- uh, Norm Covington, Norm Powell can get two <laughs> better firsts. Yes. yes. So um, that's something to watch for. Uh, I've heard Norm's name pop up in multiple places. Uh, Dallas, Memphis. Uh, New Orleans. Da- Dallas is an interesting one. Well, Dallas went went after him this offseason. They, yeah. they they wanted to sign and trade with, with Tim Hardaway Jr. Mm. So uh, I've, I've got that from, from, from multiple people in Dallas. So um, they, they I think they weren't really sold on how much money they gave Tim Hardaway Jr. Maybe they could get a little bit cheaper. And, well, it turns out that's probably what they wanted to do because Tim's struggled this year. But right. I, I'm I, to, to kind of follow up on the, the norm thing, I, I'm with you there. A very solid Josh Hart esque role player on a, He's a good, good player, a, a good player on a good deal, a twelve million dollars a year, three years a ball left. handling six five wing, like yeah, yeah I'll take that. Yeah, a, a, a try hard guy. Yes, who has like legitimate basketball skill. You don't like squinting. Like, ah, Josh Hart is a good. No, Josh Hart's a, a, a acceptable a yes. starting caliber rotation player. Like okay, and a first round pick. Yeah, that's good. I like that. So now you got Dame, Josh Hart. Jeremy Grant, Jonas Valanciunas, Anthony Simons, Nazir Little, Larry Nance, Larry Nance. Unless you trade him again, I, I, I think there was somebody in here that was asking about uh, Nance. By the way, it's probably gonna be Turner, and I found it interesting the announcement today that Turner's gonna be out for quite some time. You know, screw it. Let's get into it. Uh, but, 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 but where is it? At? Well, Windhorse, I mean, Windhorse was basically hinting at this. Like, that's that's the move. Uh, you had Windhorse on. I'll get this question in. Indeed, at Good Dawson, it says, is, uh, Does the Turner news change anything? You had, you talked directly to Mr. Yes. Brian Windhorst. Uh, yes. What did Wendy himself have to say about Miles Turner and the Portland Trailblazers? Uh, he said Portland is targeting a, a big out of Indiana. He didn't want to confirm any names thus far at the time at the report. Um, but when we when we tried to rhyme his name, uh, rhyme Sabonis's name, he said, "Well, you're thinking of the right team. You're just thinking of the wrong player." And then, you know, he hinted a little more that he would expect some movement to be coming in the next couple of weeks. So his indications at that time were that uh, Indiana and Miles Turner are really the target of Joe Cronin and company. I have heard, uh, obviously, uh, Wendy's sources are significantly better than mine, <laughs> uh, but the ones that I have, uh, I yeah. trust exclusively and you know they've yep. been pretty spot on um that miles turner is basically the top of the trailblazers board as far as setting the table going forward and here's why how many guys in the nba right now that when healthy things are right are seven foot tall can knock down threes and can play in any defensive coverage and not be played off the floor oh and they're readily available not a, not a lot. Is is the number one? <laughs> yes. Okay. 
So if you've got, if you're looking at Damian Lillard and you have said, I'm going to build around Damian Lillard, what do you need? You need size, length, and athleticism. Shooting! We got shooters! We got shooters, baby! And you need some floor spacing. Damian Lillard has never played with a stretch five outside of Myers Leonard. Yeah. That is that is it. That's it. And they could only play really one defensive coverage with Yusuf yeah. Nurkic. I mean, they're playing a different coverage. They're just sucking at it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching Yusuf Nurkic the other night against Orlando play more drop coverage was like, huh, that's weird. He looks better again. <laughs> <laughs> the seven foot, 300 pound dude closer to the rim looks better. Shocking. Um, but Miles Turner, you can switch. You can blitz. You can trap. You can drop. You can ice. Yeah. You can do whatever the hell you want because he's seven foot tall and he can move, Brandon. Yeah. So if you can, if you can put that pin on the board, like, if, I want to look at this like a heist movie. You know, when they've got the, the, the chalkboard or the cork board that you flip around, you've got all yeah, the... Yeah, and it's got all the steps. And the, yeah, you know, and like, who we... the 60 seconds. We, we got we to make sure we. this is the yeah. crew that we need. Yeah. Miles Turner's name is at the top of the board because yeah. he's what allows everything else to come down after him. Yep. Because you can't go get Kawhi. You can't no. go get Paul George. What you can get is a rim-protecting, floor-spacing, shot-blocking big that makes it easier on everybody else. I'm not quitting on my dream that Bradley Beal will finally have had enough this summer and he really wants to play with Damian Lillard. Sure! That being said, Miles Turner is probably the best possible outcome for any player. Yeah. Because it's exactly what you need to counterbalance Damian Lillard's defensive shortcomings. Well, you also can't find a bigger name that's in play for Portland right now. You just can't. Is Jeremy Grant a bigger name? Uh, Same level, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think basketball fans. They are both both very much in play for Portland, is what I've been told. And if you can get two players of that caliber. Now, I know we have long argued about all-star, all-star, all-star. Yeah, no doubt. When was the last time the Blazers had two fringe all-stars? Oh, Fringe, sure. Turner, I I would say Turner and Grant are fringe all stars. Well, I mean, you just go back to L.A. and Dame, right? For two all stars in general. But, but that's what I mean. Like they had fringe. C- I mean, maybe C.J. one year, but I'd have to go back. But that's to what I'm saying. Goal. Like you're looking at C.J. and like this is the argument I'm trying to get past is like the whole idea of like they can't be better. Like Miles Turner's not that good. Jeremy Grant's not that good. They're both better. They're both fringe ish. Like if things went right, you could be like. I can see them making an all-star game. The Blazers well, what, haven't only, yeah. they've only just had that one guy, just CJ. That's it. Post LaMarcus. Like, I, I, mm, this may not be a great comp because people are, we're talking about guys who are going to make a lot of money. No, no, and go. Look at it like a two and a three of a team, maybe a four, depending where Ant slots and all this stuff. But like, to me, it's very similar of, of, of your roster construction has to be very reminiscent of, of aiming to be a Utah. Like I, I already said that, but I'm going to say it no. Again. It's a it's and, a great comp. And, and Joe Ingles is not an all star. Joe Ingles is very valuable and very good for the Utah Jazz. At his peak, he was a sixth man of the year candidate. Who last year, Jordan Clarkson won it. Joe Ingles should have. And you could assume that if they're able to sign Ant, you wouldn't be shocked if Ant was coming off the bench next year. And guess who's going to be an instant candidate for that award? So like you're you're so you've got a six man of the year candidate. Now you've got two other fringe all stars and Damian Lillard and, and you size s- and athleticism and shooting. Like 
there's more to these moves, I guess, is where yes. I'm starting to come around on of, well, I want an all-star. I mean, I do. Listen, man, I want an all-star too. This but is until the- Draymond or Bradley Beal says, let me go play with Damon Portland, there isn't one out there. Yeah. There just isn't right now. It's uh, it's very much the uh, the meme of, uh, Mom, I want an all-star. You've got all-stars at home, and they point to Carmelo Anthony. Or, you know, the all-star at home you have is Carmelo Anthony. It's like, well, by the way, Dame did get to play with another all-star. God, I hate you so much. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm hungry. Don't yell at me. <laughs> God. Um, Harry at White Guilt 48 says, have the vibes mended among the team? Or is it just better viewing for the fans given Ant's firework batshit insane breakout? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B? Yeah, I think that's a mix. So I don't want to dive too much into the vibe stuff because it's a, it's a big time downer. But this team had run its course. Guys have been together for too long. Too many promises were made. Too much dysfunction at the top. It trickled down. That's the gist. Like, somebody will write a book about this era, and you're going to go, oh. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be Kerry Eggers. <laughs> Which, go for it, Kerry. I will That's support his it. avenue, man. That's his lane. Listen, I will support it. Um, but the vibes are better because you've got guys who just – don't have the toxicity of the business side of the NBA dripping all over them. Well, you know, it's not just that, too, Danny. I think part of it is you don't have guys. I mean, Nurk has been involved. But, like, in terms of Ant and company and what they've been without Damon CJ, mm-hmm. you're not run collectively by a group of guys who have failed to reach what they wanted to reach for six straight years. You're, yeah. you're, you are now playing guys who are literally just caring about ball. And, and they want to make their payday, so they go out there and they play their ass off every day. Versus a group that's getting out here like, I don't know, kind of like with a girl you know you're going to break up with. She's got to dump you. you you're delaying the inevitable. And you're dancing together. And you're just kind of like, this is kind of weird. And then, like, eventually you have that conversation. That's what the Blazers yeah. were with Damon CJ and why they've been so different, I think. It's not a, those guys are bad vibes. I just no. think it's the, the situation is presented itself. Yes, and that's exactly it. I, I'm with you 100%. Uh, and the vibes, like, I, I think it's, we talked about this a ton at the beginning of the season, Brandon. You could see it in the young guys, as you said, contracts coming up, the opportunity to go out and prove yourself. That can backfire. Like, you you had Nurk and Cove in contract years. You had, like, how well is that going to work? How does, you know, shoehorning Norman Powell into this situation really work with reports out there that he wasn't thrilled about coming back in the first place, but the bag, like... <laughs> It's 90 million, man. Like you got to. So you just kind of suck it up. And that's not exactly before anybody gets weird. I'm not blaming Norm. There was just like, they took a lot of really good ingredients and tried to make a gumbo without measuring things out. Yeah. They sausage. Here's crab. Here's some potato. Here's some corn. And they didn't bother to go. How many potatoes you just throw in there? Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's going to work. Yeah. And now you can do that when you're not trying to make gumbo. But when you're just making a steak, mm-hmm. when you've just, when you're, and I say that as a, like, if you're, if you're making a meal and you've got Giannis, he's your steak, it doesn't really matter what the hell else you put around him. Right. Whether right. it's asparagus, whether it's potatoes, it doesn't matter. You, you've got that thing that kind of makes it all come together. And I think that's what's been different about the vibes right now is that Anthony Simons is, and this isn't like a, a shot at Dame or CJ or Norm or anything like that. He's just a new vibe. He's 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 the new restaurant. I don't know why I'm using so many food metaphors and you're sitting here hungry. 
Uh, I was going to say, like, we're literally turning into Kevin Calabro right now where we're just talking through our hunger. We're like, what did you know, he say the other like night with jelly? It's, uh... he, he had like a like a rack of lamb or something like that. It was like it was, oh, he went like oddly. I'm like, man, you, you about, like I know you're back home in Portland. Did you like is there like a is there a lamb spot in, in Orlando you wanted to hit up or like, man, you know, what sounds really good right now. A euro. Oh, a lamb euro. You don't want to know what I'm having for dinner tonight. What are you having? A lamb euro. I literally came from the grocery store on the way home and grabbed lamb. And you got the, you got all the, all the stuff. I got my spicy garlic sauce that I make myself. Come on now. Now I don't, now I don't throw lettuce on it. I am anti-lettuce. Shredded lettuce on any pita, bread, anything like that. Just throw it, just gone. All right. We got to stop talking about that. That's like one of my favorite things to eat is a really good, Lots of veggies, lots of that sauce. Are you? A, do you like the tzatziki sauce, the cucumber sauce? I love it. Okay, bro, oh, I love it. Listen, it's... I, I, I will make this for you. I want to get this question in before we get out of here because yeah. I saw Drew put this in a couple weeks ago. Drew, I, I saw this. Drew Miller at Drew Miller. I, I wanted to get back to it, but we had a bunch of like massive news in that period, and I, I see you asked it again. Thank you. I, I wasn't overlooking you. This is a really good question. I get this a lot. Uh, I've learned so much from listening to you the first few years. Not that part of it. Nobody should be saying that to me. The thing that I get asked all the time is, what are your favorite NBA podcasts? Brandon, what, what NBA podcasts or shows do you find yourself listening to the most? Um, I listen to the Hoop Collective. I listen to Rich. Uh, Uh, I listen to a lot. I, I listen to some local ones once in a while. I like, I'm just always curious kind of what everybody's saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listen to Blazers Edge one with uh, Dave and Dia. Um, Mike. Richmond. Oh, I said Richmond. Oh, okay. I said locked on with Rich. Okay. Um, I've listened to, I like Blazers. I've listened to, I'm trying to think. I, I'd listen to Simmons if he's got the right guest on. Mm-hmm. It's not for Simmons for me. Like It's always an entertainment value one. Well, I, you know, I, I respect a lot of people's opinions. I listen to the, obviously, the Ringer NBA show. Um, I like Waz. I like Kevin O'Connor, Chris Vernon. Verno. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't want to leave one out, but I'm probably going to because I'm I'm blanking. Oh, Low, obviously the Lopo. I don't mm. know. Just kind of all the national ones, and then I mix in some local ones here and there. Um, I listen to a lot, and there's the, the way I kind of categorize this is, is what are you trying to accomplish? Do you want entertainment? Like, do you want to just laugh your ass off the entire time and have a blast and have it be less about basketball, more just like an entertainment show that just happens to be about basketball? The guys at Fast Break Breakfast. Fast Break Breakfast guys are fantastic. I've known them since 2014. I think we met at Summer League. Awesome. Man, I have to give them a listen. Awesome. They, 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 they're partnered up with Grind City Media now, which is where Chris Vernon's at uh, in yeah. Memphis, and those guys, they are doing tremendous. Uh, Verno and Kevin O'Connor on the mismatch. Yep. Love those guys. Um, Dunker Spot with Nikias and, and Steve Jones. Um, they're oh, just, shout out to that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's they're just really smart. Like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Do you, do you want to get smarter about basketball? Right. Because it's not like – Steve will drop some puns. Don't get me wrong, and it's but it's not necessarily an entertainment venue. It's a like get smarter about basketball podcast because that's what they're going to go into more technical stuff, into more minutia. Um, let's see what else do I have queued up in here? Uh, the Athletic NBA Show. If I want to catch up on some stuff that I missed the night before, uh, the Daily Ding. 
uh, 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 Black Trey, Trey uh, Trevon Edwards, and uh, Dave DeFore. Um, there's a couple different locked on ones that I listen to. Uh, Corrales mm-hmm. for the NBA show. Uh, the crazy thing is, I have podcasted, recorded, or done something with pretty much every single locked on host that there is. Um, me, Adam Morris, Snotty Drippin, and Dave Dufour did a podcast together back in 2016 uh, for like a year, maybe 2014. Like it was a long time ago before any of us knew what the hell we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anytime I see um, Adam doing anything, Adam Adam Morris, for those who are out there, he does Locked on Nuggets. He's one of the smartest guys out there. Uh, Seth Partnow, uh, who's another brilliant dude who worked for the Bucks Friend for of the years. pod. Friend yep. of the pod. Um, go get his book, uh, Mid Range Theory. Um, yep. It's actually I'm, I'm finishing that up right now. Uh, but 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 I think uh, locally, like I'll, I'll listen to uh, you know the the Trailcasters guys. Uh, I heart the Blazers. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to a lot of Blazers podcasts regularly because. No, I don't I'm, either because I'm yeah. buried face first in it. Yeah, we're doing it. You um, know what I mean? I will, to go outside. I will listen to Richmond mostly because we look at things similarly and come to different conclusions, which I like. I like to be challenged on stuff, especially if somebody who I know is watching it as much as I am. Uh, we're both masochists in that regard. Uh, but I think that's based the, the basic list. There's other stuff that I will go hunting for here or there. Uh, obviously, low post. Zach is great. Yeah. Um, any anybody who's going to talk about Portland to give a different perspective that I trust, um, not just like I'm not going for like if Simmons talks about the Blazers, I just don't care. No, I, I'm yeah. But I, I entertainment value? No, no, no. Entertainment value. If he brings on a guest, yes, yes. If KOC's talking about the Blazers, I will listen because mostly I think when I go in, I think yeah, he's probably going to agree with me. <laughs> so there's there's some confirmation bias there for sure. Um, my my former co-host, uh, Tara Bowen Biggs, Team Mom. Uh, she yeah. has the the We Have a Take podcast that she does with Cassidy Gimmett. Um, there's just so many. It all depends on what you want to do. Do you want to have fun? Do you want to hear different voices? Like do you, like are you seeking out like female voices in in a space? Tara and her friends have like a trove of people that they're trying to elevate with women in basketball. Flagrant, uh, yeah. Flagrant I was say the, the, the flagrant yeah. girls, uh, yeah. Alex and and uh, Ashton. Uh, Ashton, like they. It all depends on what you want. Is it? I mean, there's a ton of them, right? Like we're we're listing literally like 75 pods yeah. right now. Like the point is, just you know, go and look and yeah, look spend for what some you time want. To look. Like looking for what you want. Sometimes I'm I'm in a mood where I'm like, yeah, let's break some basketball down and and make get a little smart. Sometimes I'm like, I kind of just want the bullshit. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't. I don't want the X's and O's. Like it just depends my mood. It's, yeah, a hundred percent. If you want to get like again, if you want to get like. Dirty in the basketball, like Dunker Spot with Nikias and Steve, uh, Nerder she wrote with Seth, Dave, and uh, Mo Dockhill. Like they're like the people that you follow on Twitter, or the people that you see uh, on ESPN or on the Athletic. Like go seek those people out. They all have podcasts, all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just that's just kind of the nature of the beast. So um, yeah. if, if anybody wants uh, any more, you can DM me. Uh, if you're looking for a particular thing, I can try to point you in the right direction, but there's a lot out there and there's something for everybody. Yeah. Um, we'll kind of get out of here on this one. Uh, Rob Willie at real R dub. When Norm comes back, what's the lineup looking like? Will Ant start or will Nas play the three with CJ and Norm Powell at the one and two as Rocco secured the four, even after Larry returns. 
This is a question I have posed to a lot of people here locally and around the league as far as like, Anthony Simons has been on a heater. Uh, even his last game where he finished 13-7, and seven, Chauncey was singing his praises in the postgame. And I've talked to other people around the league who were like, I thought he actually did a really good job like playing off of CJ. Just didn't hit some shots. Boy, by the way, that was kind of my takeaway is I thought he had a good night last night and his stats weren't the most amazing, but I just thought he kind of fit well with the flow of what they're doing and they didn't need him to go for 35 last night. They easily trounced Orlando. So I was kind of happy when we got done with the pod. Yeah. I saw that Chauncey come and I go, yes, this is tracks. Yes. Like, like I wanted him to yes. maybe force the playmaking action a little bit, but like I wasn't mad about it. But I like that he's willing to kind of be a chameleon sometimes and not be like, well, I'm the guy who gets 28 points, so I got to get some looks. Like I get, I'm about to be the 20 plus million dollar guy. I got to show why I've got yeah, he, the difference. He play with that ego. No, and the difference is, and I think this is why him and Dame could eventually work in the long run, is that he goes two of five from three. He's got 19 points and seven assists in a game that he just kind of walked through Orlando. Didn't have to like really force the issue. Like if you're getting 19 and seven in a game where you're just like, I didn't really need to turn it on. That's a good thing. Um, This is getting back to like when Norm comes back. This question is basically predicated on, do they maybe switch some things up because Norm or excuse me, because Nas and Ant are not coming off the bench anymore. No, I was going to say they're not, they're in the starting lineup. I firmly believe that, Ant and Nas are where they are. Cubs going to be gone soon. So could Norm. So yeah. could CJ. I don't think this is going to be much of a problem, to be honest with you. CJ's I, already I, on minutes restriction. I'm just saying, I think some egos might be hurt. What is it? Ma- yeah, well. You sorry. don't. You you don't want that. You're in the business of not caring at this point. Yes, you know? and that's the thing is, like, I I always I always want to. F- not the fight back because that's not the right thing to say here, but I always want to push back and kind of like give a little behind the scenes. You know, this, this, this whole spreadsheet basketball. Well, this person does this. So they go here. There's other things that are at play mm-hmm. and ego is a big one of them that we don't talk about often. If all of a sudden Norm comes back and he lost his spot as a starter after being the most consistent player on the team this season, who hasn't said a damn thing, and he's coming off the bench now? Mm, that's got to suck. Anthony Simons is in a contract year, and all of a sudden he's playing out of his bleeping mind. And mm-hmm. you're going to take him out of the starting lineup? Nasir Little showing a lot, doing yep. everything you want him to do. You're going to take him out of the starting lineup? Nope. CJ McCollum lost is after seven years. Lost his job to a collapsed lung and uh, childbirth. He's like, what sixth all time in franchise history in scoring. About to be fifth. He's, I thought he was fifth. Uh, maybe he did. Maybe he did break fifth. I, I think he. I think he's five. Okay, so he's five. He lost his spot to an injury. Yep. You think that's going to go over well? Nope. <laughs> There's not a good answer here. No. And it's not like well, you go with the three guard lineup and slide Nas up to the four because now you're putting Nas in a position that doesn't make any sense either. You're, you're telling your 2-3 to go play the 4. Yeah. Like, I think Cove would be okay because he, he he's a veteran. He, he, he understands the game. Well, he's already come off the bench. He went yeah. from the lineup to the bench. So so what happens when Nance comes back? Nance can be like, I'm giving my spot up to a, to a third-year guy after this shit show of the season? 
It's again, it's a very, very interesting question that it doesn't have a great answer. I mean, I'm playing the young guys and not caring about the veterans. Like most of these veterans we're naming are guys we're dealing anyway. True. But how you handle those veterans on the way out does matter. Well, but come on. If they're going to allow at the end of the day, and but look, CJ is going to start. Mm-hmm. That's not even a question. If Nance is the dude that doesn't start for whatever reason, I highly doubt he would be, but if he is, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, those things get what gets said in the background. They don't, yeah, they don't yeah, take, I, care, I, I, they don't take yeah. care of their vets. They treat their guys but like we shit. know that's They're, not true. Like, no, Dame, Dame is a prime example that mm-hmm. that is an inaccurate statement. And that one player would have had the lone example of it, it didn't work out for me. First there, of all, there, yeah, the team there's sucked. been about three players in the Damian Lillard era that have left very unhappy. Yes. Yes. And they've been okay. Yeah. So, but so. it's, it's another one of those things in a season that's been sideways where you're like, Ugh. I know. It has the potential to cause some issues, but ultimately we didn't we didn't answer the question. Uh, I think when Norm comes back, you're you might see Norm come off the bench. Oh, I, I definitely think it's Norm, which is kind of insane considering he's been the most consistent player for this franchise this season. Well, if you put him on the bench, I think you've told him you're trading him. That's the other part of that you got to consider. Otherwise, I think you got to toy with what. But he would be in the starting lineup. God, it's just how are you conceivably keeping a guy you just signed to a five year, $90 million deal to the bench? And then you're like, next year you'll start. Yeah. That's no, what you're going to say? No. No. I mean, he's okay. If they put him on the bench, they're dealing him. Okay. That's my point. But that's, it's an, it's again, it's, I know. I get what the you're organization saying. The organization doesn't want to put that flag up, too. I, I, I get it. I so. get that. Uh, and this is what the last one we'll end on here. And thank you, everybody, who got their questions in. There was a lot of really good questions. John Thorpe, at Thorpe Theory, do you see Nas as more effective guarding threes or fours or twos and threes long-term? I know he probably guards fours right now. Well, that switched a little bit. He's only 6'5", air quotes, and I prefer having plus length size at the three or four. So our team is so small that people think Nas is bigger than he is. Uh, Nas has said, even on here, he's 6'6", six, six, almost 6'7". Six, and if you go back and watch the interview with him, we kind of joke back and forth about that. But regardless... We, I kind of tip my cap there, or tip my my hand there uh, beforehand, talking about Nas not going up to the four. Nas is a two three. You don't see him as anything more than a two three, do you? Not till later in his career. He might slide up to the four if he puts on like ten pounds and you go in a small ball lineup. Yeah, but you're not doing it for long sets. Like, but he's athletic enough to stay with twos, and he's long enough to match up with a ton of threes in this league. So it makes the most sense to keep him at the two three. Exactly. And uh, what's kind of funny is. Uh, B-Bulba Index, shout out the guys at B-Bulba Index. They, they put out two two lists today, uh, one of which was their updated 10 players on our off-ball chaser defensive metric, who lists uh, 10 players in that, in that list. Lou Dort, Gary Harris, Kenrick Williams, Landry Shamit, Desmond Bain, Matisse Teibel, DeAndre Hunter, Nasir Little, Isaac Okoro, and Austin Rivers. If I read that list of players and you heard Nasir Little in there, it's like that's kind of like the group you want to see him in. I mean, that's an encouraging thing to hear, right? We're looking for everything we can to evaluate these young dudes. Yeah. And if you're putting Nas in categories that, you know, might be fringe for most. But but like, Desmond Bain, Matisse Thibel, Lou Dort, that's the category you want him that's, in. That's a group of players that a lot of teams want on their team. Big, strong dudes that cause a lot of problems for opponents on yep. the other end of the floor. Yep. Um, Isaac Okoro is another guy in that list. DeAndre Hunter. And honestly, looking at this list, outside of Gary Harrison and Austin Rivers, Nasir may be the, the lightest guy on this list. <laughs> Every one of these guys is built like a truck or bigger. Yeah, and he's also one of the more athletic ones on that list. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, also on that same list, uh, let me pull it up here on, on the phone, there was an another metric that they released, and this will probably blow some people away. Um, scroll back here. The top five players in the ball handler screen defense metric. Number one, Drew Holiday. Number two, Lonzo Ball. Number three, Anthony Simons. In the f number three, Anthony Simons. Dun, dun, dun. Deontay Murray at number four. Mikael Bridges at number five. That's a good group to be in, too. Huh. That, that sounds like guys that are really good navigating screens and then Anthony Simons. Yep. So maybe it's an indicator of defensive potential, too. Like, if he's good in that spot... What can he Maybe learn he can in the next? A little bit more. Right, 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 right. And again, these are in very specific situations. For Nasir Littles, that was the off-ball chaser defense. So for those that don't know, chaser is when you're, like if you're talking about a pick and roll and you're the point guard and you clear and you're, the, the defender that's on you got stuck on the screen is now trailing that trail defense, that, that, that ability to get back, contest from mm -hmm. behind, or get back in front, uh, body you back. Uh, yeah. Which is what we've seen to see a little do. We've seen him get some chase down blocks. We've seen him uh, kind of lose track against Kyrie Irving against the Nets the other night, and then recover and send his shit into the third row. Like th those are the kind of things you're looking at, and you're like, oh. And as it pertains to Anthony Simons, the exact definition was on that uh, chart was the ball handler screen defense metric, which is uh, Ansa Slithery bastard who's really hard to screen. Yeah, that's that's what I took away from that's, it too. That's what it means. It's like. Like, if you watch Mikhail Bridges, I love watching him in, in uh, ball screen defense because he's long and wiry, and he just kind of slithers around like his, a snake. His body, yeah. he like an, You, you yeah. never get him square. And my biggest frustration with Damian Lillard as a defender is he T-bones. Yep. Screens. He yes, like he, does. He, he He's so big and thick, and he takes awful angles that – Instead of like going high or low, he's like, no, split him down the middle like a damn running back. It just, <laughs> it's always been such a frustration. But Ant is is rated very well based on their their uh, metrics and the, the metrics they use. Or is using obviously uh, proprietary uh, motion tracking uh, data uh, that they have access to, and uh, it's, it's very 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 cool to see um, some small developments. We'll get out of here on that because we're over an hour now. Uh, got a ton of questions in. Thank you all very, 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 very much. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the channel if you made it this deep. Thank you. We appreciate you. Uh, subscribe. Subscribe, yes. The subliminal message. Uh, those, I think those are legal again, right? We can do that. Um, but subscribe here if you're watching on YouTube, watching the playback. Uh, if you're not... Get back to the YouTube or subscribe there too. Help us grow the channel. Uh, we do have the uh, pre and post game show for Miami. Uh, still efforting a guest for the watch party. Uh, and then uh, we've got Jamie Hudson on the 23rd and hopefully trying to get Travis Demers and or Casey Holo while they're out on the road as well. So uh, we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up. And then obviously if trades pop up, we'll give you guys covered. Uh, we will have you for the pregame show. It is a 4 o'clock tip in Miami on Wednesday, I believe. Let's double check uh, I think that. that's it. Yeah, 4 it's 4.30. It's a 4.30 oh, yeah. tip. 7.30 so tip over there. We okay. will probably go live at 3.30, maybe 4, 3.45, mm -hmm. somewhere in there. I'll post it up on Twitter. Uh, until then, we will catch you guys later. Remember, at Jack Ramsey's, at Jack Ramsey's, at gmail.com, at Danny Bragg, at Brandon Sprague. Uh, until then, we will catch you all later. Give a wonderful, wonderful evening, wonderful morning, wherever you are. Take care. Talk soon. Bye.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.